Welcome to another episode of Put Me On Game Podcast. I'm your host, Chester. With me today, I got the one, the only, my good friend, Vic Blends, man. Damn. Appreciate you having me, bro. For real. For real, man. How you living mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually? Shoot, blessed, man. We here. That's uh, all we could ask for. You know, for it sure. feels good. And man, not a lot of people know we go way back. Yeah, way back. We go way, way back, back to sure. me about Five, six, one twenty. You about bowl cut? Yeah, <laughs> long hair. Yeah, back in the before day before the cut. Man. man, we came a long way, man. For sure, for sure. I got a long way to go too, man. We we here, man. It's, it's been a journey, but it's been dope, yeah. man. Like I remember you coming to get a cut in the garage every every two weeks, bro. Faithfully, bro. <laughs> Do you think back on those times, man? Like, of course, bro. Like it's important to remember that. Mm-hmm. It's important to reflect on it. A lot of the times when you get into the grind, you get into the journey where you're going, and you know it's it's it's, it's hard a little mm-hmm. bit sometimes, you know. And I don't want to forget those times, you know. Like mm-hmm. I still could feel the heat of that garage sometimes. Like I Boy, can still listen. feel the atmosphere of that. I still have all the smells to my to my to my senses. So I always want to keep mm-hmm. reminded of that. So I don't take nothing for granted for what I got now. You know, we already came a long way, you know, and you got to be thankful for that journey in itself. So I'm always thinking about them days, yeah, for sure. That's for sure, man. Like, bro, I remember Rush just running back and forth, back and forth. Now you got two dogs running yeah, around crazy. I got two of them, yeah. Man, bro, that's crazy. So have you thought about ever, like, just going, like, not saying particularly going back to that, because, I mean, you know, we way past just cutting hair now. We trying to build schools and touch the people. But ever just, like, man, like, getting that feeling back? You ever feel like you need to go back there sometimes? Yeah, I mean, I get that feeling now with what I do, you know, just cutting strangers on the streets and, you know, still allowing to myself to use my gift. You know, I always get that feeling, and, you know, I'm always tapped in, trying to give back, and always trying to have my sense of community. Mm-hmm. Do I think I'll ever be in a shop again, like, cutting? Yeah. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, And just logistically speaking, the things that I have to do right now, the things God put in front of me, I need to be more attentive to. I need more of my time to be open. I need more of a focus on, you know, I really discovered my purpose over the last year and I'm trying to stay aligned to that and for me to accomplish those things, I just can't have my day spent behind a chair. It just doesn't make sense for where I'm trying to go. I for sure feel so. Tell me how, how did this start? Because I, I don't, I never heard the story of how it started. Like cutting in the first place? Like just, um, well, I know the story about cutting, but yeah. as far as like, the you know, the TikTok and everything as far as just like, you know, let me just go see, you know, yeah, I mean, for those who don't know, you know, like, barbering for me was never supposed to be the job. It was never supposed to be serious for me. It was my side hustle. It was my way to make pocket change. That was my initial thought with it was I was going to have to go to college. My parents are forcing me to go. My school wants to go. That's what we all get prepped for is you got to go to college, get a degree. That's how you're going to be successful. So the hustling me is like, man, how am I going to make money when I go to college? Yeah, I'm working at Rudino's. Been there for three, three years, going on four I'm burned out, same job, same people, same routine. I'm like, man, no way that I'm going to go to college and I'm still going to be doing the same thing. Yeah. So I asked my barber, Gia Barber Kings, you know, what should I do to make money in college? He said, if I learn how to cut hair, I'll make money for the rest of my life. So when I heard rest of my life and money in the same sentence, I was like, man, got to yeah. see how much money I can yeah, make. I got to get, got I got to see. So I picked it up to be a side hustle. I picked it up just to learn to, to be average enough to cut five to ten bucks in the dorms. That was the original goal. But, you know, as I started cutting, fell in love with the passion. Um, I, I really saw the sense of community it had for your for your city. You know, it's, it's more than just giving a cutout, but you're giving mentorship, you're giving off energy. 
you're you're being a voice to you know the people in your chair and I thought that was important you know I think it's important to have that so that's why I started seeing that you know it might be a little bit bigger than just giving a cut and that made me want to start exploring it more and then I learned barbers actually make pretty real you know good money you know barbers make a lot of money especially at if that you're good. especially if you're good at it so you know I started the beginning of senior year and by the time I got to graduation I just knew enough to like to see that man, this might be what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, God gave me spiritual confirmation. And once I got that confirmation, it was above any decision I could have made. It was above anything my, my parents could have wanted for me or anything my, my, my teacher could have wanted. God told me that if I don't take barbering serious, I would be missing out on a big part of my life. Mm. And I had to take that. You know, I, I at, at that point, you know... Hey, you, hey, you can't you can't go against you that. Ain't going honestly. against that. I ain't gonna, I ain't arguing with God. Nah. That's for sure. So, nah. you know, took it serious. Went to barber school instead of college. Uh, one thing led to another. That's where you know we we started linking up, and you you see me cutting in the garage like way back when, just trying to piece it together mm-hmm. from my mom's garage to my brother's garage to barber school to, you know, being in the first shop. You know, just finding my place, man. Trying to take it to a you know, I try to go at least. You know, once that high, every year, every year I got to take this to another level, take it to another level, and yeah, I, I started. You know, that's how I really got my start. But going back to what you said about you know getting into TikTok and, and social media, you know, I started building that brand as I started building my barber brand. You know, essentially now I have more of a personal brand. Yeah. In the beginning, I just wanted to be known as a fire barber. I didn't really understand what it is that I was going to be doing. I didn't really know what purpose necessarily was I knew what passion was I was passionate about what I was doing I love the cut love putting my, my work mm-hmm. out there and wanting to be known as oh, you the you, best barber you, you you won't stop until that cut is A1 trust and believe bro. yeah for sure 11 o'clock 11 20 at night we in that chair hey yeah so <laughs> getting, believe, getting it in I, I you know I was putting my 10,000 hours in that, mm-hmm. that's important you know before I could do the things I'm doing now was important to master the craft and that was the grind that not a lot of people got to see you know, and and the little part of me was ashamed that I was stuck in the garage. I didn't want to show that as much. That's why I had the the backdrops there. I didn't want to show that I was yeah. in the garage. I didn't want nobody, you know, because I didn't want nobody to look at my work and say, "Oh yeah, that's a good fade for somebody that's in the garage," mm-hmm. or "That's a good fade for somebody that's you know seventeen, eighteen. I just wanted to be good work and not question about my circumstance or where I was at. So, you know, I started building that social aspect. You know, as a barber, you know, starting barber school and, you know, I gained traction that way. I, I gained some attention as being a good barber and, you know, it slowly turned into another thing and, and I found purpose, you know, and, and purpose is what led me to doing what I do now and taking it to the level that I'm at. I don't think nobody ever asked you this yet. Maybe but we're going to see. You know, you in the midst of everything, like you just said, like, you know, you didn't want nobody to know you was in a garage. So you had the backdrops, the cover ups and everything like where in those moments did you have to like bring yourself up? Like, was it a person? Was it just yourself? Like, just not letting that self doubt come in? You know. I mean, every day, like every day, you gotta bring yourself up. You know, because on on Instagram for sure, yeah, you look yeah. like I'm just you know cutting with this nice white background and and things look nice, but I'm the one that is seeing it. Outside of the camera And yeah. although I, I got a nice photo That you can't tell Where I'm at Or my, my circumstance But I'm sitting there Being honest with the man In the mirror And I'm like Yo you ain't where you Supposed to be at 
you're not where you want to be at yet, you know. So I got to check myself for it, you know. You got to be honest with yourself and, and and be real with where you at in your grind. And you know, I just wasn't where I dreamed of being. Mm-hmm. And you always got to hold yourself up for that, you know. I gotta, I gotta. I'm the only one that can control the way I feel. So if I look at it and I either get, I could either get scared or motivated, and I chose to just be motivated by not being where I wanted to be at. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I was mad when you moved to Atlanta, bro. <laughs> I was mad, bro. I only had about two barbers in my twenty five my birthday, so twenty five years of living. And I'm like, damn, Vic moving. And then I see you go and you're doing your thing, you're doing your thing, and I'm seeing it. I'm like, damn, I might gotta take this six hour drive, bro. But what made Atlanta like the place? I remember you was telling me you it was a thought, like, man, I'm about to move. Like, man, I'm thinking about Atlanta. And I remember you left and you came back and you was cutting me, you was like, Yeah, Atlanta's it. Like what made Atlanta like Gave you that feeling like this was it This was a place I mean logically Atlanta was the Closest biggest City that wasn't Charlotte like I was trying to get out of North Carolina I really wanted to go get a different feel But it still gave me the southern culture that I'm I grew up on I feel like I didn't have to switch up necessarily Like who I was or acclimate to like a Different type of culture it was still the south Of course it's a city but you know, you get a taste of a lot of different things in Atlanta. You can get the city, you can get the country, you can get the suburbs, you can get the hood, whatever you want. Like, mm-hmm. you can have, but they have all of that in Atlanta. Um, it, it made sense for financial reasons. You know, it was a lot cheaper than going to New York and trying to go to L.A. And I'm a family person, so I wanted to make sure that if I had to get to NC, I could get there quick. Mm-hmm. Right? I could get on, I could get on a flight on to Raleigh and be there in 45 minutes and drive mm-hmm. an hour down to the Ville. You know, so. It made sense for me to be close to the fam like that. And it gave me access to everything I wanted to tap into. My first initial thought when I went out there was like, yo, keep building the barbers thing. You know, let's go cut celebs, go cut athletes, go do all that. And I got all that in Atlanta. You know, Mm -hmm. they got all the hip-hop there, all the athletes are there. If they're not there, they're going to come through there. Atlanta's a a, a southern hub. So it made sense for this to be my my next step. And, you know, more than anything, I had an opportunity. You know, I had somebody with an open chair for me, ready to go. Um, I'm the person that would rather know for sure that this was or wasn't for me than to sit with the the thought of what, what if, if the yeah, what if yeah, I don't man. I don't like to live with the what if I want to know for sure. I'm, so you can't lose nothing from leaving home, right? Oh yeah, it, for it ain't sure. going nowhere. Like if I went out there and it, it fumbled, at least I tried. Yeah. I could always come back home. You know, it ain't going nowhere. That's for sure. Now I got a question for you, man. So your middle brother, if I'm correct, right? I know you got. But, Two brothers, two brothers and a sister. Because yeah, yeah. I got the same. Now, how does it feel being the middle brother when you got someone under you and someone above you looking at what you're doing? Because me, it's like, dang, I got to show my little brother, like, nah, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, right. Yeah, you want to mess with the girls and everything. But listen, if you get this down now, you're going to be set for life. How does it feel just having, like, family, like, looking at you now? I mean, it's, it's immediate motivation. You know, and obviously I'm motivated by a lot of things, and I think the most immediate thing to me is, of course, family. You know, I got a younger brother that needs somebody to look up to. Mm-hmm. It's important that I show him that, but it's also important that I understand where he's at. And some things, even if I tell you, you're only going to learn through experience. So I can't be mad at my brother for not taking the game I'm trying to give him because he ain't been through it yet. Yeah. All right, I can sit here and tell you, million different quotes, million different gems, and you might hear it all and process them, but until you go through it, it won't stick with you. Mm-hmm. So my brother has a lot of experiencing to do, 
So what I've been trying to do lately is take him with me to get these experiences, right? I'm trying to bring him to Atlanta more often. I'm trying to bring him around to see the people that he, he looks up to. And I'm trying to show him things that he normally wouldn't see so he can get to it, to understand the way that the world works. So everything's going to come with experience, but I'm always going to be there for my brother. You know, I hope mm-hmm. to be the, the biggest inspiration he got. Oh, that's crazy, man. When did you feel like, because, you know, everybody has that moment of like, all right, I'm doing this for real. When did you feel like, because it's, it's still a short journey, but you've been a long way. And I, I know it's probably hard to think of a specific moment, but what do you feel like? Dang, like, I'm for real doing this. You had to, like, look around and sit with yourself like, like you like, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, for sure I'm self-aware of where I'm at. You know, I'm not blind to the brand I've built or the connections I have or, you know, what I've accumulated. But I don't want to sound corny and say, like, oh, like, nah, I don't think like that. Like, I know I'm in a good position. But the thing is that God gave me everything I prayed for. Mm. And he gave it to me in a in a short time span. Mm. I worked my ass off for it. Don't ever get that wrong. But he gives it to me because it's almost like he gave it to me with a chuckle. Yeah. You ask for the million followers. You ask for the million dollars. You ask for the career. You ask for all these mm-hmm. things because you think it's going to fulfill you. And you think, like, when I get that, like, I'm set. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Once I get that, my life good. Yeah. And God said, here, with a chuckle, take that. It's not going to fulfill you like you think it is. So mm-hmm. everything that I have now is exactly what I prayed for. So, you know, I'm not surprised because, you know, it's, it's from God. You it's from God, but... At the same time, it, it, it's it's a humbling thing because I got so much more to do. Mm-hmm. And I think the things that he needs me to achieve and get to, you can't touch physically. Mm. So that's why impact is so important. With everything that I'm doing now is because those are the emotions and the feelings and the experiences that people will have for the rest of their life, Damn. right, that you can never take from them. You know, motivation is cool. It's a temporary feeling. It lasts 48 hours. Inspiration is a thing that you're going to take with you for the rest of your life. Who inspired you to live the way you did or, or, or to change the things you're changing? That's where change is at, right? Motivation, you're motivated by a bunch of things. I'm motivated by money. I'm motivated by my fans. I'm mm-hmm. motivated by that car. Like These are things that are like motivating. You look at it you're like, yeah, I'm going to get there, but... You still driving the Chevy? Yeah, of course. Still got the Chevy. Still got, got the same the high school car. Still got the duct tape on the, the duct tape on the car. Yeah, like, Boy. you know, there's more mm-hmm. important things than, than, than getting mm-hmm. that car. Yeah. You know, and I think it's so important for me to show that also because, you know, you got to live under your means sometimes. You know, and that, that's how I think I'm going to create a lot of great wealth for, you know, my family and my families to come after is because I'm living under my means. You know, just because you mm-hmm. get more money doesn't mean you need to spend more money. Exactly. And a lot of people get that misconstrued and touch their first check and they want to bust down everything. They want a new whip. And it's tempting. You know, I'll be lying if I said I, I didn't do that thing. You know, I did buy a chain as soon as I got to Atlanta. I'm thinking, like, that's what I need to fit in. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get that and you realize, like, damn, this is lame. Yeah. You know, like, why did I get this thinking that it would make me more acceptable? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want nobody to rock with me because I got the most designer on or I got the best jewelry on or I rock, you know, I drive the best car. That's not real love, right? You don't find real love in the club, right? Real love is going to be given to you by God. It'll happen organically, and I'm just prepared for those things to come to my life. 
Damn, boy. A lot of people don't sit there and think about that and realize that, though. Like, I'm glad I have somewhat of a, and especially, especially from you watching you and seeing everything, but, like, Grant, I mean, I'm doing a, a little okay for myself. I got a platform. I'm trying to build a nice home and everything, but once I realized, like, money wasn't everything and I was chasing it, chasing it, chasing it, and I got it, it's just like, I'm not happy inside myself. Once I realized that and I let it go, everything else just started to flourish. Yeah, and when you focus on it, like they said, when you focus on the money, it's going to run. Right? You chase the money, it's just going to run for you. Like, I know my heart is in the right place with everything I do. And if I believe that I'm going to become the voice that I'm going to, money just going to be part of that process. It just has to be. So when my focus is on the bigger picture of what I'm trying to accomplish, the little mm-hmm. things come. All right, Grant Cardone talk about the 10x rule. Right, you focus on your goal being ten times bigger than what you want your goal to be. Right, the goal that you originally wanted is now like s- small thinking. Right, if you say I want to hit a million, but you start thinking about ten million, your thought process to get to ten million is a lot bigger than trying to get the one. And you get so if I grind mm-hmm. for the ten, the ones are gonna be the first step. I'm not focusing on Man. that being the end goal. I never think about that. So I do that in the in, 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 with everything I do, but on an impact level, right? For me, I want to change the way that people look at other people, right? So that comes in social reform. It comes in, in, in the prison system. It comes with, you know, motivational speaking. It comes with, you know, opening schools. Like, mm-hmm. I want people to look at people differently. And as long as I keep adding at that goal and I keep building on that, building on that, mm-hmm. all the other small things, talking about money, cars, whatever, it's just mm-hmm. going to be part of that process. That'll be the fruit of my labor that'll come with it. So it's not the focus. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the academy and the school, you just recently—is it partner or open? We 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 or we're, we're opening. Opening. Yeah. So you had the academy for about what two three years now? Not two two this year going on three online online academy. Doing good, great crazy content too. Trust me, I've, I've been in there too. I can't it's cut. Good, I can't yeah. cut. I tried, bro. bro. Yeah. I can't cut. But I definitely you know been in there and peep. Now we opening schools in the prison system. That when I heard that, man, I've I've never even thought of. I don't know how to explain it, bro. I'm just speechless when I saw it. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, where did that come? Where did the idea come from? Because I know he's just even doing that. That's so many steps you got to go through. Yeah, I mean, shout out to my brother Scott Budnick. Scott Budnick is, you know, one of my closest friends. I got now with me, and he's my partner on the program, and he's really the big reason why we're able to get the access we have and, and the relationship we have to make that happen. Uh, Scott's worked in prison reform for, you know, 15, 20 years, and he found my videos through the juvenile kids circulating mm-hmm. my motivation videos. He's like, who is this kid? Everybody keeps sharing. Mm-hmm. You know, we get tapped into a mutual friend, Irv Roland, and, you know, when he first hit me up, I'm thinking, like, yo, I'm about to get, you know, he he about to he about to see if I want to get on the new hangover when he he produced all the hangovers. So I'm like, yo, he, oh, he oh, about yeah, to like he lit. <laughs> he about, I'm like, yo, and bro about to put me in a movie. So he hit me up and he like, yo, mm-hmm. you know, my name's Scott Bunnick, a producer for this and that. Uh yeah, I work at prison for him, bro. Like I would love to take you on the inside. I'm like, damn, this is different. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. it's not what I expected in this initial interaction. So, mm-hmm. you know, I we got a lot of mutuals. Uh he worked closely with with a lot of people that I look up to as well. So, you know, I, I give him the ear. I'm like, you know, tell me about what you got going on. And we get on the FaceTime and you know, we talked for like an hour and a half for the first call and very energy driven, very, you know, mm-hmm. aligned and, you know, it was fire, you know. So I'm like, yo, when you need me in L.A., you're like, as soon as you can. So I booked my flight literally that same night. Mm-hmm. 
I pull up uh, a couple weeks later, and you know Scott takes me inside three prisons. My my first time coming to LA with him, and it was life changing. Wow. You know, and I'm not a person that has immediate, you know, reflection to prison reform. It's not like my pops was locked up or my brother locked up, mm-hmm. and all. That's why I want to help. Like, I'm just a person that believes empathy will change the world. Right, yeah. feeling for another human mm-hmm. and what they go through, making other people look like humans again. Right, mm-hmm. changing the way people look at people. Because when you're locked up, you're not looked at as a person anymore. Yeah, you're looked at as a as a as a jumpsuit and a number. Sad. Right, that's that's it. They don't they Mm-mm. can't people can't look past what you did. Right, a lot of these guys have committed the crimes. You know, 15, 14, 16 years old when they're kids, and they don't have the love or the guidance that they needed at that time. So they they get caught up in the wrong things, trying to find love in the places that don't exist, and you got to pay for that for the rest of your life now. Mm-hmm. So now the dudes are 40 years old For something that they did When they were 15 They're not even the same person Times three They done grew so much Mm-mm. But They will never be looked at Past what they did You know When they were young mm-hmm. And That's To me I feel like it's wrong I feel like everybody deserves To be forgiven mm-hmm. I obviously don't forget You know I feel both sides of the parties Both the victim And you know The accused But mm-hmm. Everybody deserves opportunity And everybody mm-hmm. deserves love Everybody has every from year to year, day to day. I think everybody grows, especially the people that want to, especially people that's 14, 15, 16. I can't imagine what I was thinking even back then to what I'm thinking now was like totally different, especially situations that I've know I've been in. Like, yeah, there's bigger problems yeah. though. Like, why you know, to me, I'm like, yo, why did that kid at 14 and 15 feel the need that like that's what they had to do? Mm-hmm. There's a bigger problem to. The people that they see committing these crimes, right? Mm-hmm. We need system change, right? We need mm-hmm. resources put into communities. We need, you know, things implemented to to show kids a different way. You know, like I said, giving is you know motivation is a cool thing, but education is what's going to change everything, right? The more that people know, the more they can avoid. Mm-hmm. And I just think some things are built against certain communities, built against certain yeah. you know platforms, so. I would like to see more change, more education put in the places that we need it so it's not a revolving door for some. I'm proud of you, man. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, I've, I've meant, I'm proud of everything that you're doing, bro. Proud of you too. Trust me, everybody in the Ville see it. Everybody, every time I go by somebody, like, yeah, you see what Vic doing, blah, blah, blah. Like, bro, like, three, four years ago, I couldn't see this, man. And I know you saw it, Maybe not to this big or this far yet. I'm, you know, I'm just speaking, but man, like I'm just proud of you, bro. Oh, thank you. Proud of you too, for real. For real, appreciate it, man. Now, this is the Put Me On Game podcast. We are educational, but we also have some fun. Now, I gotta be honest with you. You've been around a lot of ball players, and the last time we played basketball, you won all that, bro. So. <laughs> You, 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 you had a stiff shot, bro. I hope, I hope you've been doing been a little working. better. I've worked bro. a lot. I've been working a lot. Cause I remember you be like, yeah, bro. And let me know next time y'all go hoop, blah, 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 blah. And of course, you working and cutting, so it's like you never could come out when we there, bro. Nah, I mean, I'm, I'm better now. I've been, in, I got an LA fitness membership. I be taking my girl. We, I go and I get my shots in all the time. You at least got the handle a little better. Yeah, I'm, I'm straight, bro. I'm not saying right, I'm bro. like. I'm not the saying we ain't, we ain't going to the league. I ain't going to the league. I'm going to hoop after this, actually. So, I'm, boy, listen, I got them on. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to hoop after this. I'm. 
I'm straight. I can hold my own. Okay. That's good, man. How you been how you been Call of Duty, man? Oh, five. And how you, you feeling know Vanguard, it? man? It's cool. I see I see your wussing and you know your your rank going up a little bit. I'll be like, how are you trying? I'm straight, man. We get a couple dubs in there, man. I always try to keep Call of Duty in the mix. I've been playing Call of Duty since like Modern Warfare two days, like OG days. So boy. I love I love Call It's like my getaway, man. I like mm-hmm. to get on the game and you know, have a sense of like, yo, I'm free here. Yeah. K I the over there. Why I'll be I'll be on the game, man, yeah, trying to get away. Boy. Trying to get away, man. I don't blame me, man. Big, this is good, man. Nah, it's fire, bro. Fire. This is good. Now I can start a new segment today. I ain't tell you on purpose. Put me on game. Well, it's an old segment that we used to do. You got a minute to say whatever you want to say. If you want to shout out anybody, promote anything, just whatever's on your heart. If you want to say something to the people. You got a whole minute to go crazy. Nothing specific. You know, I just want people to know that we could become whatever we want. Mm-hmm. You know, for me to be here from choosing a barber route, you know, I want that to say enough to the kids to show them that, like, yo, you don't got a ball. You don't got a rap. Like, find what you love. Mm-hmm. Grind on it. There's so much opportunity out here, so much network for you to build. So you can be big like you dream of with just doing what you love. That's what I want my my stuff to stamp is that, you know, I took a non traditional route, but I mm-hmm. stayed authentic till it paid off and you know, here I am today. You know, I believe we truly can be whatever we want. And that's all I would really want people to understand and see. You know, I hope that a young kid will see this and think, damn, I might not wanna cut hair, but I love photography. I wanna do a podcast. I might wanna draw, I might wanna do something else that I don't think people will really wanna stand behind, but I love it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's worth exploring it if I love it. So that's the motivation I want to give them is that, like, yo, stand on it. You know, if you believe in it, stand on it. For sure, man. Again, bro, appreciate you coming through. Definitely going to do more. Got a lot more on the way, man. It's been follow, we'll follow up after a year. Got to. We'll do a year follow-up. Got to. Hopefully, we ain't going to be here. Hopefully, we in the studio. Yeah, we're going to be in studio, we're gonna be in a, big in lights. Big studio. For sure, man. It's another episode of Put Me On Game Podcast. We out.